Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you one more week before the week of Thanksgiving, which I will take off. Grace and peace be multiplied upon you. May the blessings of the Lord overtake you. May God's counsel and God's wisdom and God's revelation in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, may it begin to come alive in you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This week, we're going to talk about spiritual wisdom. But today, I'm going to focus, uh, probably today and tomorrow, I'm going to particularly focus on the fear of the Lord. Well, in the context of Scripture, the fear of the Lord means a great respect or a great reverence for the Lord. I mean, a great respect and reverence for his words. When you read his word, it should be with a, a holy awe and a holy respect. Uh, if, you, if, if God tell you that you are the head and not the tail above, only not beneath, you should really believe it. I mean, and take it to heart. The word heart in the in the scripture means spirit. You should take it down into the innermost part of your being. If he tells you that you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. And I know you just can't take one scripture, but it's many more that talks about complete faith which means complete trust and confidence in someone or something. When you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you make him your Lord. That means you're going to begin to do his words. And the fear of the Lord is to obey his words. Now, God tells you in the Pauline epistles or the Pauline letters or the other books of the Bible that is written by Paul, Paul had the revelation of what we have in Christ. And the things we have are glorious. But in those same writings, Paul also tells you what people in Christ don't do. Now, a lot of times, and I'm, I'm guilty myself, we majored on the things that you have in Christ, grace, which means unmerited favor. You're saved by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ because he died for your sins. You have eternal life by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have healing by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have the ability to get finances, wealth by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all these things got to be applied by faith, but I'm not necessarily teaching on faith this week. I'm teaching on spiritual wisdom, or, or today, rather, to fear the Lord. Well, just like you have these things in Christ, you're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You've been made the head and not the tail. You've been made above only and not beneath. You're, you're a kingdom of kings and priests. You're royalty. You, you've been adopted into the royal family, like it says in the book of Peter. All these things are yours. By his stripes, you're healed. Hallelujah. But it's also things God tell us not to do. He tell us to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, to love your enemies, to bless them that curse you, to pray for them that despitefully use you, 
to let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of our mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. It, it teaches uh, don't practice uh, sexual immorality. There's it's, it's plenty of things in there that Paul also, who taught on grace, he taught Ephesians, he said, you're saved by grace through faith, and not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of yourselves, uh, least any man should boast. But if you go read 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapters through the seventh chapters, he also deal with immorality. So God didn't only talk what you have and, and the good things. He also told you that you being born again, we don't practice these things. Now, if a man practice these things, he have an advocate with the, well, not practice. If a man is overtaken in a fault and get caught up and do one of these things, he has an advocate with the Father, but we don't practice sin. Let every man that named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. We're new creatures. We're born again. We had a spirit of God on the inside of us when we were born again. Now we read the word to learn how they act in heaven. Once you start learning how they act in heaven, you say, well, I don't practice this. Lord, take this from me. I renounce the hidden things of darkness, renouncing these things. That's what you do. Well, Proverbs 1 and 7, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. What is the fear of the Lord? It's a great respect. Knowing that the same God who saved you, he sees you. He knows you're coming in and going out. It's a respect for his word, saying that, hold up now, I used to do these things. I don't do this anymore because I'm born again. See, the field of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 10 and 27, it says, the field of the Lord prolonged days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Well, you, you, you read God's word, and he say, walk in love, and you ignore it. And if he say, let no com corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. You know, I was focusing on love. One place it said, love edify it, and it said, prophesy edify it. Well, I let no corrupt communication. If I do, I renounce it. If I make that mistake, I renounce it, and I start confessing the word. In the name of Jesus, I let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of my mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Now, it could be a work in progress, but we got to get the ball rolling. So to fear the Lord, Jesus is the word, and the word is God. The word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among men, and that's Jesus. He is the, the word. He is the living word. He is the written word. So the fear of the word prolonged days. In other words, the reverence for the Lord. The fear of the Lord or the word prolonged days. But the years of the wicked shall be what? Shortened. A lot of times people's days are shortened because they're wicked. Psalms 19 and 9, it says the fear of the Lord, the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Let me say that again. 
the fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So you see people under judgment or things under judgment. Hey, it's right. Let's see, Proverbs 2 and 5, it says, Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So it starts off with, with reverencing God. Sometimes you might need to get on your knees and pray. Sometimes you might need to lay on your face and just say, Lord, I love you. I reverence you. I respect you. I lay at your feet and I kiss your feet and I thank you for all you've done for me, for you created me and I didn't create you. I humble myself under your mighty hand and I ask for grace, not only for me, but for my wife, for my children, for my family, for my coworkers. Grace, grace, Lord, let me receive it, Lord. I prostrate and humble myself before the throne of God. See, see, you got to have the fear of the Lord. You know, some people, you know, they'll know what the Bible says. They say, well, I ain't going to do that. I did this. Man, that ain't the fear of the Lord. You know, you know, God took time out to have being under the inspiration of God write these words. If we guilty on it, my God, we got to say, well, hold up, Lord. I'm missing it in this this uh, particular scripture. So help me. He ain't trying to throw you out. He love you. Don't misunderstand me at all. But we need to have a reverence, a, the fear of the Lord. And a lot of people don't have that anymore. You know, uh, Proverbs 15 and 33, it says the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. And before honor is humility. Google search the fear of the Lord. You'll, you'll find many scriptures on it. Before honor is what? Humility. You will not be honored until you first demonstrate humility. Because the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. I got a lot to say, brothers and sisters, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. Brother Derry with you on this Tuesday. We're talking about spiritual wisdom, and I've been dealing with it in the area of spiritual wisdom, the fear of the Lord. Father, have me to express, Lord, your desires and your personality, Lord, to my brothers and sisters. Move upon me, Lord Jesus, with the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of what you want to release. In the name of the Lord Jesus, amen. Well, let's read some more about the fear of the Lord a little bit. In um, Proverbs 1 and 29, it says, For they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 15 and 16, it says, Better is little with the fear of the Lord, then great treasure and trouble therewith. Proverbs 22 and 4 says, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 9 and 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 14 and 27, it says, The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 14 and 26, it says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence, and his children shall have a place of refuge. Proverbs 23 and 17, it says, Let not thine heart envy sinners. But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. 
I'm, I'm going to stop there. It's a lot of more of them, but I'm going to stop there. Brothers and sisters, don't let your heart envy sinners. Don't say, don't think in your heart, well, I'm wasting my life because I can't smoke and drink and chew and hang with them that do. Don't don't envy sinners at all. Don't be jealous of them. But you be in the field of the Lord all the day long. But you know what? It's good things. You can have fun on this side. I, before I got born again, I said, well, what, what I'm going to do if I stop drinking? And all this other stuff I was doing. What I'm gonna do? How I'm gonna have fun? Man, there's a lot of stuff to do. You you know what? You know what? When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He takes the desire to do evil from you. If that desire evil comes up, get back into the field of the Lord. Say, now nah, the word of God teaches against that. Don't you know, nowadays, you know, the grace message, I believe in grace. I mean, I believe in it strongly. I won't move from it. But don't turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. Don't take the grace of God for granted. But have a reverence and respect for the Lord. You know, the Bible plainly says you're saved by grace through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift. See, when you receive a gift, it's not something you earn. Salvation is not earned by you. Jesus paid the price. He died. He shed blood for you to be saved. He shed blood for you to have eternal life. He shed blood for you to have relationship and fellowship with the Father. He shed blood to set you free from drugs and alcohol, homongering and prostitution and all these things. He shed blood. He paid a heavy price. He gave his life for you and me, that we can be adopted into the royal family. Now, he didn't do that so that I can name the name of Christ, get born again, preach the gospel, and then have a girlfriend on the side. I don't want to do my Lord and Savior like that. You don't want to do your Lord and Savior like that. Jesus didn't die for me where I can confess the name of Christ and then go and still drinking a 12-pack of beer a day, still smoking and drinking, some of you still gambling or whatever, Jesus didn't give his life for you to remain the same fellow. When he gave his life, you became a new creature, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You shouldn't name the name of Christ and stay in a nickel. It says, let him that named the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And I see today that a lot of people think they can name the name of Christ and stay in iniquity. Everybody say now. You know, I'd be on my mail route, and uh, Joker would be cussing and everything. Then i say, yeah, Jesus, Jesus. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm saying so. I talk about the Lord. Then go, let me get $2. Get your $2 and go buy a beer. And then talk about the Lord all day. And then drink beer and get high all day. Man, what I'm saying, that ain't it. That man's not born again. When a man gets born again, he don't want to do anything to hurt the Lord. Why? Because he has the fear of the Lord. The eyes of the Lord is, is in every place beholding the evil and the good. Nowadays, we got people say, well, I'm born again, then they support everything that the Lord don't support. 
A lot of it coming from your politicians, your senators, your congressmen. They say they know the name of the Lord. They know his word. You can't read the word of God and support some of these things people support. Come on, man. Like like Biden said, come on, man. You can't read the word of God and support some of this stuff people support. So when you name the name of Christ, God accepts you how you are, but he's not going to leave you how you are. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Say, so wait a minute. See when it, see when I got born again, I had to fear the Lord. I got born again, but I, I wasn't cleaned up. But I made myself go to church. See, a lot of people don't go to church because they think that the pastor gonna touch on what they're doing as evil. They don't really do that at my church. You know what I mean? They don't rake you over the coals. Some churches do. I'm not mad at either one of them. What I'm saying is. If they do rake you over the coals, if you didn't name the name of Christ, don't let that stop you. Go ahead and take it. But, you know, I, I would give spiritual wisdom to pastors and teachers. A person that's been in the world for 40 years or 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, however long, you shouldn't expect them to be cleaned up in one day. You, 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 should, you should really nurture them, cause them to read the word. They're going to see it. And they're going to change little by little. God going to build himself into that person. This stuff is not overnight. You should know that, uh, elders. It's not overnight. Christ builds himself into a person. If it was overnight, he wouldn't need ministry gifts. We just have people confess the Lord, and then they'll be totally 100% perfect, just like Jesus. Well, you're perfect in your spirit, but you got to renew your mind, and you got to do something with your body. You got to muzzle your flesh. You got to put your flesh under subjection to the Spirit of God. By what? By confession, by prayer, by reading, and all that. It takes a lot to get your flesh disciplined, to put it under subjection. And your mind got to re be renewed because first you call evil good and good evil. Now you got to do the opposite. You got to call good good and you got to call evil evil even if you're doing it. If I'm doing something wrong, it's still evil, even if I'm doing it. And so what you got to do is when you get born again, you got to have the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of knowledge. You got to have the fear of the Lord because it's the beginning of wisdom. See, you got to be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. The fear of the Lord means a deep respect and reverence for the word. When you read the word of God, if you find out there's something in there that you're not coming up to par with, you got to say, man, I, I don't want to dis disappoint my father. I don't want to disappoint the Lord Jesus. You're still saved. Remember that. You're still saved. You are his child. You are his child. When you get born again, you are his child, but he's going to correct his children, he, just like you correct your children. He's not going to leave you the same way. You are a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. But the spiritual wisdom is to have the fear of the Lord or the fear of his word. You got to shake and tremble at the word of God. You got to have the fear of the Lord. When you read that word, if it says something positive about you, I don't care what your mind say, you got to say, that's me. If it says something negative about something you're doing, I don't care what your mind say, you got to say, I'm changing. You got to confess what he says good about you, and you got to renounce what he says evil about you. You got to be conformed to the word by the building up, by the washing of the water 
by the word of God. I got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be with you today. We're talking about spiritual wisdom, but the Holy Spirit has me on this area of the fear of the Lord. I'm going to be honest with you. I wrestle with it. I, I want to give y'all something encouraging. You know, that's what I wanted to do. I said, man, I want I want to teach on faith and, and calling things that be not as though they were. I want to get the people some encouraging. And then I was getting ready to do it. I said, I'm going to give them some encouraging. And I heard the Spirit of God tell me, you're going to, you're going to do what you want to do, or you're going to tell them what I tell you to tell them. You know, the fear of man bringing a snare. So, brothers and sisters, here we go. We're talking about spiritual wisdom of the fear of the Lord. Let's go to 1 Samuel, the second chapter, and let's start at the 12th verse. Now, Eli was the priest of the Lord. He was a priest. And back in those times, the priest stayed at the temple. And they did all the service. They collected the offerings, and they offered sacrifices. Jesus wasn't born yet, so they had to come and bring the animal to the priest. The priest killed the animal for the blood sacrifice so the people's sins would be remitted. But they also had to give an offering to the priest. The priest couldn't work and all that, so the priest lived off the offerings of the people because they were supposed to do the service of the Lord. That was God's gift to them. Because they, but the other tribes got land and everything. The priests didn't get land; they had to live at the temple. And so, when the people brought brought uh, things to the priest, the priests do all the services of the Lord to, to, to make them be healed, to pray over them, to kill the sacrifice, and to bless the people. And so, we're picking up at First Samuel the second chapter, at verse twelve. Now, the sons of Eli were sons of Bilial. They knew not the Lord. Now, these are priests. And the Bible say they knew not the Lord. Now, that ain't right, is it? Do you know under the new covenant, priests, we are believer priests, is not a, a not a priesthood like in the old covenant. Everybody that named the name of Christ becomes a priest. So we don't want to be a priest and don't know the Lord and don't have the fear of the Lord or the reverence for his word. They knew the word of the Lord, but they would not reverence it. They would respect it. They wouldn't do it. And listen to this, verse 13, the priest's custom with the people was that when any man offered sacrifice, the priest's servant came while the flesh was seated with a flesh hook of three teeth in his hand. And he struck it in the pan or kettle or cauldron or pot. All that the flesh hook brought up, the priest took for himself. So they did in shallow unto all the Israelites that came thither. So they ain't doing right with the money. They ain't doing right with the offerings, right? You know, God hate that when the priests ain't doing right with the offerings. See, they can keep a certain bit, but not all of it. Also, before they burnt the fat, the priest's servant came and said to the man that sacrificed, give flesh to roast for the priest, for he would not have sodden flesh of thee but raw. And if any man said unto him, let them not fail to burn the fat presently, and then take as much as thou so desire." Then he would answer him, nay, but thou give it me now, and if not, I will take it by force. Wherefore, the sin of the young men was great, very great, before the Lord for men abhorred the offering of the Lord. Now, I'd have been in a place like that where I'd abhorred the offering of the Lord because they didn't do it right. And I'm not going to go into details because I don't have time. But I'm talking about the fear of the Lord. Brothers and sisters, 
I'm reading this because God wants you to reverence him. If you had a fear of the Lord, you're going to bless yourself, your spouse, and your children. But if you don't have a fear of the Lord, you put your whole family in danger, and I want to show you this, because they'll learn your customs. And the curse of the Lord will come until somebody say, hold up, this ain't right. We can't do it this way. Man, I've seen whole households get in trouble because the, the leader of the house, the, the elders of the women, the older people didn't do right. Grandma in the club, the daughter in the club, and the granddaughter, all of them in the club. That ought not to be so. We got to have a feel of the Lord, brothers and sisters. So God said that these men sin were great before the Lord. Let me keep reading. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen effort. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly offering. Now let's drop down. Verse 22. Now Eli was very old and heard all that his sons did unto all of Israel and how they lay with the women that assembled at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Priests can't be doing that. And he said unto them, Why do ye such things? For I hear of your evil dealings by all these people. Nay, my sons, for it is no good report that I hear. Ye make the Lord's people to transgress. If one man sin against another, the judge shall judge him. But if a man sin against the Lord, who shall entreat for him? Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto the voice of their father, because the Lord will slay them. Now, in the next chapter, you know, God told them that he didn't restrain them. And that always, that always troubled me because I said he did tell them. Then the Lord kind of revealed it to me. He said he didn't make them stop. You know, you could be thinking little Johnny cute when he's two years old cussing and, and fussing and cussing at three years old. He's so cute, you laughing and giggling. If you don't stop him, he's going to end up in prison or dead. You got to restrain them when they're doing that. Don't let them get away with it. And that's how God gave Stop that, Johnny. <laughs> that's how Eli did it. Because God told him in the next chapter that he didn't restrain them. But right here, he told them to stop. Okay? So as the child Sammy grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with man, there came a man of God unto Eli and said unto him, Thus said the Lord, Did I plainly appear unto the house of thy father? when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? And did I choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense, to wear an effort before me? And did I give unto the house of thy father all the offerings made by fire of the children of Israel? Wherefore kick ye at my sacrifice and at my offering, which I have commanded in my habitation, and honors thy sons above me to make yourselves fat with the chiefest of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Wherefore the Lord God of Israel said, I shall indeed that thy house and the house of thy father shall walk before me forever. But now the Lord said, be it far from me. For them that honor me, I will honor. And they that despise me shall be lightly Extinct. So you got to have to fear the Lord because them that honor him, them that honor the Lord, God has said He's gonna honor. But them that despise the Lord, they're gonna be lightly extinct. 
Behold, the days come that I will cut off thine arm and on and the arm of thy father's house, that there shall not be an old man in thine house. This is a terrible prophecy. And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation, and all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. And the man of thine whom I shall not cut off from mine altar shall be to consume thine eyes and to grieve thine heart and all the increase of thine house shall die in the flower of their age. And this shall be a sign unto thee that shall come upon thy two sons on Hophni and Phinehas. In one day, they shall die, both of them. You know, if you don't have to fear the Lord, you know, God will wipe you out. I have seen it happen in this time. See, you got to have to fear the Lord. How many, how many understand it? And I will raise me up a faithful priest. God will go get some pe people that's faithful. That shall do according to that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house, and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. Man, I tell you. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is left in thine house shall come and cross to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread, and shall say, put me, I pray thee, into one of the priest's offices, that I may eat a piece of bread. Brothers and sisters, you know, I, I'm not trying to make anybody sad. What I'm saying is, it's a consequence for not having to fear the Lord, but it's also a blessing for reverencing God, for having to fear the Lord, for trembling at the word, for loving that word of God, for walking in that word of God. This is not the only time we're going to live, man. When we, when we leave this earth, we got eternal life. So let's have to fear the Lord now. So the blessings of the Lord will abide upon us forever. I say these words with love. I love you, brothers and sisters. Be blessed. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Well, hello, brothers and sisters. We're talking about spiritual wisdom. And I've been kind of subtitling to the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm just going to talk today about, you know, keeping the word of the Lord. Look. If you're having trouble keeping any other word of the Lord, get on your knees, lay on your face. Say, Lord, in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit, I just want to do what's right. I know I'm born again, Father, by believing on you. You, I know I'm saved by grace. It's not, it's not anything I do to, uh, uh, to deserve it. But because you died for me and I am saved by grace, I just want to... <clears throat> obey your precepts. You know, I love y'all, man. I mean, look, I didn't have plenty of issues I had to overcome since I've been born again. You might have them too. I don't want to come off as being uh, arrogant or uncaring or legalistic or rough and tough. I just want to encourage God's people to have a discipline in the word of God, to reverence the Lord. I'm not telling you you can't have fun. I'm not telling you you can't enjoy your life. But what I'm saying is take 30 minutes to pray and read every day. You know, you can't do 30, do 15, do 10. Give God, read a scripture and pray every day. That's what I'm saying. And if you hear, and if it's something in the word that you know, of, I ain't telling you go seek out nothing. If you don't feel any conviction, don't make it come. If you don't feel anything you're doing wrong, don't try to 
make it come. It'll be right there. You'll say, I need to tighten up in this area. You ain't doing it to get saved. You're already saved. You're doing it to, to, to reverence God, to increase your effectiveness, to increase your anointing and your power, to whom much is given, much is required. You see what I'm saying? And he's looking for people that's faithful, you know, and um, the Lord want to bless people. You know, he, he loves you. He saved you for a purpose, but he wants us to be lights in the world. He wants us to be a living epistle read by me and Dell. He don't want people to look at us and they can't tell if we saved or not. And they don't uh, see any difference in us than from the world. I mean, how we saved and we do the same things the world do. How I'm saying the world commit adultery, and I do it. The world smoke and drink, and I do it. I'm not, you know, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in it. So you're in the world, but you're not of the world. Let's talk about Balaam a little bit. Go to Revelation, uh, the second chapter. Let's start at verse 13. It says, I know thy works. And where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name and hast not denied my faith. Even in those days where in Antipas, my faithful martyr who was slain among you, where Satan dwelleth. Now, God was commending them. He said he know their works and where they dwell, but he know where Satan's seed is too. And he know that they hold fast his name. He know they do this. He know they're good people to the, on, on this point that they hold his name. And they hadn't denied the faith. See, even a person was martyred. But watch it at verse 14. But I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam. Now, what is the doctrine of Balaam? Let, let, we're going to get a little bit right here. Who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. Now, <clears throat> Balaam knew that the Lord couldn't curse Israel because they was blessed, because he was a prophet. So he said, man, if you want to get the Lord mad at them, you got to make them worship idols, and you got to make them fornicate. So Balaam taught Israel's enemies how to cause the favor of God to leave God's children. And if and if a prophet was doing that, guess what? You got people that's born again now. They'll tell you man commit adultery. Man, they'll tell you man or uh, go go visit uh, the witch and get a reading and all that. You got people that's born again. They'll tell you to do stuff like that. So, you know, <laughs> I know that's all crazy, man. But I'm telling you, it's people like that. They'll tell you to do things. People that's born again, Nowadays, I notice, you know, they some of many of them doing it unknowingly, but they're telling you the the to, to do things that are against the Bible. They support things that are against the Bible. So that's what the doctrine of Balaam is: a prophet of God getting people to do things wrong so God can curse His people. Now, in Numbers, the 22nd chapter, we're going to read much as I can. This is talking about Balaam. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, 
saw all that, that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was so afraid of the people because they were many, and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. See, the children of Israel, they, they was warned and breaking them out because they had supernatural help. Now, I want to elaborate all the time, but I'm going to have to read it so you can get what, what, what God is trying to tell us. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, Now shall this company lick up all that are round about us, and the ox lick as the ox licking up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. And he sent messengers, therefore, unto Balaam, the son of Beor, to Pethor, which is by the river of the land of the children of his people, to call him, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt, talking about the Israelites, behold, they cover the face of the earth, and they abide over against me. Come now, therefore, I pray thee, curse me, this people, for they are too mighty for me. Preadventure I shall prevail, that we may smite them, and that I may drive them out of the land. For I want that he whom thou blessed is blessed, and he whom thou cursed is cursed. So this king knew that this man of God, whoever he blessed, going to be blessed, and whoever he cursed, going to be cursed. So he want him to come and curse some people. And the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the rewards of divination in their hand. They had money and gifts. And they came unto Balaam and spake unto him the words of Balaam. And he said unto them, Lord, here this night, and I will bring you word again. As the Lord shall speak unto me, and the princes of Moab abode with Balaam. And the Lord came unto Balaam and said, What men are these with thee? And Balaam said unto God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, have sent unto me, saying, Behold, there is a people come out of Egypt who cover the face of the earth. Come now, curse me them, preadventure I shall be able to overcome them and drive them out. And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them. Listen to the word. You shall not go with them. Thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your land, for the Lord refused it to give me leave to go with you. And the princes of Moab rose up, and they went unto Balak and said, Balaam refused it to come with us. And Balak sent yet again princes more and more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam and said unto him, Thus said Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. Remember the Lord told him, Don't go. For I will promote thee unto a very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, If Balak will give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of, of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. Now, therefore, I pray you, tarry ye here also this night, that I may know what the Lord will say unto me more. And God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And Balaam rose up in the morning, saddled his ass, and went with the prisoners of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass and his two servants was with him. Now listen, I'm almost out of time. You notice that God really don't change his mind. But he asked the Lord the same question twice. 
Brothers and sisters, we got to have the fear of the Lord and stick with that word. I got a lot to say to make it better, but I'm out of time. Be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters. I bless you. I pour the blood of Jesus Christ upon you. I decree favors encompass you as a shield. I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters. I bless them. I thank you, Lord Jesus. I bless them again. I decree that they're favored, that their finances are blessed, that their families are blessed, that they're healthy in their body. If they're not, I decree healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Talk about spiritual wisdom of the fear of the Lord. You know, in Acts the 12th chapter, verse 1, it says, Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain other church. Uh, the king in that time would be like the president of the United States or, or the equivalent. So he, he vexing certain other church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, now you remember in those days, the Jews was God's chosen people. That would be equivalent to Biden trying to kill or Trump trying to kill some, some of the Christians. You know, I'm not saying either one are doing that. I'm saying it's equivalent to that. And then the Christians be happy about it. So, you know, all, all the religious folks happy about it. Well, you know, the Jews back then, all of them weren't Christians. So when Herod stretched his hand for to kill certain other church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Pete also. Now, he's going to kill Pete also. All right? But they made prayer for Peter oh, uh, uh, constantly, and God got him out of trouble. Now, I want to drop down to the end because I'm not really teaching on prayer. I'm teaching on the fear of the Lord. And in verse 21, it says, And upon a day, upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in raw apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. Now, this is how the Peter was out. You know, he gave oration as a speech. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. And he was eating the worms and gave up the ghosts. Now, this is a man who thought he can pick on God's people. He thought he can vex God's people. He thought he was going to get away with it. He, God even allowed him to kill, uh, you know, some of his people or whatever. But you know what? In the end, God got a, a hold of him. Why? Because he didn't have to fear the Lord. In Acts the ninth chapter, this was Paul when he was named Saul. Hallelujah. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest. This is Acts the ninth chapter. This is Saul who later became Paul. And desired him letters to Damascus to the synagogues. That if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth. 
and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished. I guess he was astonished because he did not know that light that he always saw from heaven. That was He didn't know. He was astonished. And God asked him why he persecuted me. You notice that he wasn't persecuting Jesus personally, but he was persecuting Jesus' children. Jesus is the head. We are his body. So when somebody is persecuting the body of Christ, they're persecuting him. If they're picking on me and you, they're picking on Jesus. Now, I'm saying all that to say this. Some people are going to do that anyway, but we as Christians don't want to slander each other. We as Christians don't want to hate one another. We as Christians, we want to walk with the spirit of Christ. We want to love our neighbor as ourselves. We want to be good to everyone, but especially them that are of the household of faith. When somebody tells you they're a Christian, don't start saying what denomination you is, uh, who what sets you from, and start persecuting them that name the name of Christ. Well, brother, Derek, they ain't baptized, they ain't did this, they look, man. You better be careful with that. You better be very careful with that. I know people got whole YouTube things talking about the preacher, preaching on the preacher. Are you crazy? You better leave them people alone. God even said, love your enemies. You mean to tell me you hate them that preaching for, for Christ because they don't preach your doctrine? Man, I'm telling you, people crazy. Then you wonder why they check out early. You wonder why why they sick? You know, if I get sick, the first thing I start doing is checking on if I'm walking in love. Am I criticizing my brothers and sisters in the Lord? Am I criticizing my enemies? The Bible says, love your enemies. I can pray for them. I might not like them, like what they're doing, because they operating against the word of God, but I can pray. Say, Lord, wake them up. You know, we got to walk in love. But see, Paul, Saul, before he became Paul, he was persecuting Jesus when he was persecuting God's people. And when he saw the light come from heaven, you know what he did? He accepted it, but he labeled more than all the other apostles. He labeled more than all of them. He wrote all this stuff, man. I'm telling you, this man, when he got born again, he changed. And when we get born again, we change. If we was a murderer before we got born again, when we get born again, we humble. We willing to be murdered. Paul not only renounced murder, he was willing to be stoned to death. He had the total opposite spirit. Stephen was stoned to death for the Lord. What I'm saying is, brothers and sisters, when we get born again, we have the love of God in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mind. We've been doing it. We changed. You know, look, some stuff I have been guilty of since I've been born again, I change. I, I, when the Lord started dealing with me about it, I have to uh, say, Lord, ask me, help me. Help me. Take this thing out of me with tears. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord prolonged your days. Hallelujah. The fear of the Lord. We got to have the fear of the Lord. We got to have spiritual wisdom. We cannot 
persecute our brothers and sisters. We cannot walk in hatred. We cannot live like the world. We cannot practice sexual immorality like the world. We have to change. We have to discipline ourselves. Hallelujah. But, you know, after Saul got converted, you know what I'm saying? He changed. He didn't remain the same. And so, you know, when you become born again, brothers and sisters, you have to have a reverence for the Lord. You have to have to fear the Lord. You have to begin to set your time up every day. You know, I just say that so people can get disciplined. I don't have a set time. Normally when I go to work, when I hit the street, you know, because I'm a mail carrier, I start praying. But you need to have a time set forth for prayer. Not the not the pray out of out of uh, fear like fear you're gonna die type fear, but a, a a prayer out of respect for the Lord what He has done. I hope I hope many people don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the kind of fear where you think if somebody finna kill you, think you finna get sick and die. I'm talking about the type of fear where you have a strong reverence. You know how you know how you might want your, the autograph of an NFL player or. Well, some of y'all might see your favorite uh, star. You might see some of you like Lil Nas X or whatever. You might see him, and you might start, oh, Lil Nas X. I don't recommend liking his music or nothing, but some, some of y'all might like him. What I'm saying, the same reverence you got for him, you need to have for the Lord. You see what I'm saying? You need to be, oh, the Lord. I want his autograph. You know, you know people got more reverence nowadays for men than they have for the Lord and for his word and for prayer. Do you know if you'll pray, do you know your life will change? Uh, you'll, you'll be able to affect other people's life if you'll spend time in prayer. But you know, all this comes with having a reverence for the Lord or the fear of the Lord. Spiritual wisdom. Got a lot to say. I'm out of time. Have a great Thanksgiving. Be blessed.